WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. The NYPD is set to freeze hiring and suspend the next five police academy classes, thanks to proposed citywide budget cuts. Still, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Shell says the department is working to get its recruitment numbers up. Our staffing is slightly down. We know that. But we have a class going, like you mentioned, by 650 plus, mm -hmm. give or take. We have 1,100 eligible people who want to be police officers on deck. The number of police officers is set to fall below 30,000 by 2025, marking the lowest headcount in decades. This week, both New York Governor Kathy Hochul and New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy are expected to deliver their State of the State addresses. It's an annual event where the governors lay out their agenda for the coming year. Governor Hochul has already revealed that she's going to discuss initiatives around reading and phonics, prenatal leave, and even pools. WNYC's John Campbell covers Albany, and he says he'll be looking for the governor to return to an issue that dominated the last legislative session. What is the governor going to do to spur new housing throughout the state, but especially in New York City? Last year, Hochul had hoped to build about 800,000 new housing units across the state. But that plan didn't make it through the legislature. Listen to our Tuesday morning episode for a special preview of Hochul and Murphy's State of State addresses from the WNYC newsroom. Stick around. We'll be back after the break. Everybody's got a story about a piece of music. I thought this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's about pure experience, pure connection, pure joy. This song allowed me to survive. I'm Terrence McKnight with a new season of The Open Ears Project. Every Monday in under 20 minutes, you'll hear a different guest share their story. So you can start your week on the right note. Listen wherever you get podcasts. The work-from-home phenomenon that accompanied the pandemic might have made things easier for people who really hate commuting. But it caused a big headache for municipal governments, including New York City's. As workers stayed home, the city saw vast tracts of office space go empty, along with a drop in commercial tax revenue and MTA revenues that threatened to send New York in a downward spiral. But some experts are starting to sound more optimistic about the city's future. For more on the threatening doom loop scenario, my colleague Tiffany Hansen talked with WNYC's Arun Vanikapal. The doom loop, it's a rather apocalyptic term, but yeah. explain to us what the doom loop is. All right, well, doom loop is a term that really caught on in the last year or so. It's a term that was used by a scholar 
at Columbia University's business school. His name is Sten van Neuerberg. Uh, he wrote this academic paper in 2022. And the basic idea is that if workers don't return to their offices in midtown and downtown, the city is going to lose so much tax revenue that it'll have to slash services, which will in turn scare off even more workers. And in its like most extreme form, the doom loop scenario is one in which you know, city streets are just completely emptied of professionals, leaving just homeless people behind. That's the sort of dystopian vision that kind of gained traction in the media in the last year or so. Mm. You met with Van Neuerberg at his office. What does he say now? Are we in the doom loop? Short answer is it's too early to say because on one hand, he says, you know, the city is facing pretty severe budget cuts. There are fears that those cuts are going to really impact New Yorkers' um, our quality of life, you know, things like public safety and public transit. But there are also positive indicators that he, you know, really wants to emphasize. You know, tourism is up. Office workers are heading back to offices at higher rates than they were, say, a year or so ago. A couple months ago, the city recovered all the jobs it had lost Due to the pandemic, Van Neuerberg says it is really encouraging to see these positive signs. He may think it sounds encouraging, but there are still plenty of empty office buildings. So what does he think we should do with that space? Yeah, let's let's just look at this situation now. Like 20 percent of Manhattan office space is empty right now, according to the firm Avis and Young. And it has been rising, but this thing called the office visitation rate, uh, it stands at like 70% in Midtown, just 61% downtown. However, Van Neuerberg, he says there is a silver lining here. Um, if we were to repurpose all those offices, he says we really need to pursue what he calls an all-of-the-above approach. And at the end of the day, we want to create vibrant neighborhoods. And vibrant neighborhoods require housing. They also require hospitals or healthcare facilities, they require some educational facilities, they require some artist space, some community space. We need all of these things. But housing is really his top priority, Tiffany. I mean, he, he wants office conversions to kick in in a big way. And he says, if lawmakers and real estate interests and just regular citizens can get on the same page, he sees a future in which, say, 10 years from now, 50,000 new housing units will have been created from office space that, for the most part, right now is pretty much empty. And he hopes that some of that includes affordable housing so regular New Yorkers can also live in these neighborhoods. I can't believe that New York is the only city that's been caught in this kind of discussion around the doom loop dystopian future, no, right? No, so no. what are these other cities experiencing in comparison. Yeah, this is a word that's being used ac across the board, uh, this term rather, doom loop. A lot of cities, um, Chicago, Washington, D.C., um, you know, Kansas City, all these different towns which have seen a lot of people just kind of like stop working in their office districts. The contrast, I guess, that is most often employed uh, is between New York and San Francisco, uh, another very densely populated city and one that's really been struggling. San Francisco is spiraling further down, whereas New York City is recovering sort of to a better extent than most large U.S. cities. And I think that has to do with the fact that New York City's economy is a well-diversified economy. We have sectors. We have a lot of different sectors, whereas San Francisco is fairly tech-dependent. So overall, he's more optimistic than he was even a year ago. Yeah, he is. I mean, the real litmus test, as far as he's concerned, is... You know, do people want to live here in New York? And he says, 
they do. We have a lot of young people that want to be here and, you know, they want to, you know, go to the bars and to the clubs and all that, uh, all that jazz. So I think that's what continuously, the fact that New York City continues to attract those young people, those 22 to 25-year-olds, because of its vibrancy, is what really sets our city apart. I think, you know, right now, there's a lot to be uh, determined, you know, in terms of how severe the budget cuts are and whether or not, like, the robustness of these office districts continues to climb and return to uh pre-pandemic figures. He thinks it's heading in the right direction, but there's a lot to be seen. That's WNYC's Arun Venegapal talking with my colleague Tiffany Hansen. We rarely talk about sports here, but the Buffalo Bills are headed to the NFL playoffs. It's Buffalo's fifth straight playoff appearance and their second longest streak in team history. The Bills first punched their ticket when the Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. That meant the Bills would get at least a wildcard spot. Then, later Sunday night, the Bills also clinched the AFC East division with a 21-14 win over the Dolphins. They're now the number two seed in the AFC playoffs and will host the number seven seed, Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. I'm Janae Pierre. We'll be back tomorrow.